Hello, and welcome to Outback Team Building and Training Tips, a monthly audio resource for HR and business professionals. I'm your host, Luke Bailey, and each month I'm joined by a special guest to discuss tips, tools, and methods to build better teams in the workplace. Today, I'm joined by Joe Brito, a management consultant and team coach here at American Outback. Thanks for joining me today, Joe. No problems. Thanks a lot for having me. Our topic this month is the ugly truth about workplace collaboration. But before we begin with that, though, let's start, as always, with our quick team building tip of the month. Each month, we start out with a quick tip for our listeners. Joe, if you could only tell our listeners one thing about team collaboration, what would it be? Sure. Well, how about this? Because I think that what we're looking for, really, I think, is collaboration happens when involvement happens. So if people aren't involved, they're not collaborating. If people are involved, then what starts to happen is they collaborate as a result of being involved. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, what do you mean by involved? Well, involved means that if I am involved in the decisions, if if I have influence over my... uh, things that affect me directly, if I'm involved in the decision-making process of decisions that affect me, then I am more likely to be involved and I am more likely to collaborate on those issues. So collaboration is a behavior that comes out of a mindset of involvement. So I guess you're saying if your coworkers aren't collaborating, maybe the first question you should be asking is, do they feel involved in the work they're doing and the decision-making process? That's a great quick tip, Joe. Now, let's move on to our main interview, The Ugly Truth About Workplace Collaboration. First of all, there seems to be a misconception out there that most organizations do not have a problem with collaboration. Some people might even be listening to this saying, my team doesn't have a collaboration problem. Do you think that's true, Joe? I think to be perfectly honest with you, in my experience, I have teams that are kind of doing the opposite of that. I have a lot of teams that I work with anyway who, who, you know, who are thinking we could be collaborating better. I don't know if I have any examples off the top of my head anyway of somebody who goes, we don't need to collaborate, we're perfectly fine. And I know that there's like a lot of kind of, um, you know, there's stats that, that are out there, things, you know, things like, for example, that 80% of employees uh, will say that a lack of collaboration is something that is happening in their workplace and it's a result of why their business or their team doesn't perform the way that they do. And I think that's kind of the important point here because the way that you identify is my team collaborating or are they not has got to do with really what's not being said more than what's being said. So typically what you would find in most businesses in my experience is that when you speak to your team, especially as a team, as opposed to one-on-one, they'd say, yeah, I have really good employees, uh, really good co-workers, rather, uh, I really like my job, da, 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 da. You, like, you, that's the kind of stuff that you'll hear. What you won't hear is, where could we be improving? Where could we be doing something better? Where could we, how is my role being restricted or hurt uh, in some way? because of something that is happening at another department. Okay, so the first step is to identify whether or not you have a collaboration problem. But say you do have a problem, though. What do you do next? Well, I think, you know, back to that tip that I said right at the very start, that I think the way that businesses try and uh, deal with a challenge, once they identify, okay, actually our team isn't really collaborating the way that they could, Mm -hmm. I think the next thing that they do is they go, okay, so what I need to do is bring my team together in some way. 
And to me, that doesn't that builds teams, and that's a really effective way to team build. Yep. It's not an effective way to build collaboration. It's a different. It's a really subtle difference, but it's an important difference. So I think back to what I was saying at the start. When you start to identify, okay, there's something that is going on in my team where we're not collaborating the way that we want to. Saying to people, collaborate doesn't really help. That's no. the same as saying to someone who is unhappy, be happy, and they're not, right? So the thing is, our next step is to go, how do I give them something to collaborate around? And the way that I work is I do this thing that I call sort of meta work, where it's about kind of what is happening on the surface, but also what is happening underneath the surface. So what we can do is we can start to give them something to be involved around, and then as we're doing that, we're building collaboration at the same time. Interesting. So your strategy to build better collaboration is to give people a project that they can collaborate on. Like it's kind of the idea of give them something that they feel that they own. Mm. So, it's, so it's not kind of the same as saying, okay, my, so my team needs to collaborate. Here you guys do this. Right. It's actually more like my team needs to collaborate. What is stopping you from collaborating? And then turn that into a project. So it's kind of... Rather than saying to them, do this, it's actually more about saying to them, what do we need to do as a business in order to help you collaborate? You know, it's interesting because when I was researching this topic, I kept coming across articles online praising new collaboration software tools like Slack or Asana. Do you have any thoughts on these types of tools and whether they actually help build collaboration? So my feeling on it, with the greatest of respect to all of these different softwares and all the rest of it, is collaboration is much more fundamental than that. And I think when I look at things like Asana, for example, the things that I'm sort of seeing more is it's a brilliant platform uh, for project management and for sharing projects and sharing stages that we're at in projects and kind of, uh, you know, like in the older days we would have had uh, like a, um, a Gantt chart or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we have that, but on a, you know, social media platform. Right. That's kind of the way that I'm seeing it. That doesn't breed involvement that doesn't breed um, um, a sense of ownership or responsibility that breeds um, here's a piece of software so as you're going through your steps now do now do this as well uh, it runs the risk in my view and perhaps only my view but it runs the risk of people feeling actually this is an arduous burden rather than help me collaborate more and I've seen these in you know like I've gone into businesses to help uh, with these kinds of issues and lots of the businesses that I work with they have these things and they might not have like a SAN or, or you know or Slack but they have a type of software that allows them to do this one business that I worked on recently uh, the big challenge was you know and their big drive was to get people to use their software and what I was saying to them is the problem isn't people using your software the problem is that people don't want to use your software in the first place right so we're not building collaboration by getting people to use software, which is making life slightly harder for them for people who don't want to collaborate because they don't feel involved because they don't feel invested. Now they feel they have to do something else instead. Like in my view, it has the potential to make the problem worse. So is what's missing that sense of ownership or involvement over the collaboration process? I think it's, you know, it's, it's that, you know, just to be really clear, what I'm trying to say here is that collaboration is a byproduct of involvement. So... If I have a team that isn't collaborating, it's because I have a, feel, a team that doesn't feel they're, invo they're involved, that they don't have ownership, that they don't have a say or, or impact on the decisions that directly affect them. So what they're doing then is they're not 
proactively talking to each other about how they could be doing things different or better. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're doing their jobs. Uh, so as a manager, you might look at that, or as a senior team member, you might look at that and go, well, that's not really good enough because I want them to be proactive. Well, if that's the case, then you need to give them the opportunity to have their own ideas, to have their own thoughts, and that is the behavior of collaboration. That makes sense. Do you have any other practical tips for building that behavior of collaboration? For sure. So I think the first place to start is to, is to first of all, recognize that we, we do have a challenge, and the challenge isn't collaboration, to sound like a broken record, the challenge is involvement. So once I kind of identify that, okay, so my team isn't, isn't um, collaborating the way that I would like them to, my first step would be to go, okay, why not? So what systems or processes do I have in my business, in my team, that is making it difficult for people to do that? So it may be things like we have really tight deadlines. It may be things like the physical location of um, people in the office. So once I kind of identify what are the barriers, and the way that I would do that is not as a, you know, as a senior team member, I wouldn't look at that and go, okay, I have decided these are the barriers. I would just go to the team and say, you guys, I would be interested, and I'm sure you would be interested, and it would make your workplace uh, more enjoyable if you were collaborating more. What is making it difficult for you to do that? As the senior person, I would be thinking about this is the problem, and here's the criteria that the team would need to work within in order to solve this problem that would be acceptable to me, but also acceptable to the business. Mm. And that criteria needs to be um, broad enough that it, that it allows for more than one solution. Mm. Then I would give it back to the team and I'd say, so you said that this was a challenge. Here are some criteria or some guidelines for you to work within to solve that challenge. Whatever solution you come up with that fits within these guidelines or this criteria, it's fine. You can go ahead and implement it. Okay, so it's kind of like setting up a framework that your team can find a solution within. That's exactly right. And what that does is it, it um, allows people to start to take ownership of the solution. It allows people to bring their own ideas to their own um, um, work environments on issues that directly affect them. So two things. The next thing that it does too is it requires them to collaborate. It requires them to work together to solve this problem. If the problem is meaty enough that it can last for let's say like a month or so, what you're doing is by allowing them to go ahead and solve this problem within the guidelines that you set, you're creating a behavior of collaboration. Okay, Joe, so you're one of the lead coaches and consultants here at American Outback, and you often help other organizations with their collaboration problems. Can you share with me a story about a collaboration problem that you helped overcome? One that really comes to mind, and I think this might be interesting to the listeners as well, because I worked in a public sector unionized environment. Okay, so that would, you know, lots of people think, and certainly when I went there, people were saying to me, you can't actually change this. People aren't collaborating you know, and all of those kind of cliches that you hear about the public sector, the people are just coming in and putting in their time and they want their pensions and da 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 All of that stuff, people were saying to me, that's happening here and you can't possibly change it because of all of these things. Fundamentally, I disagree with that because I think that people in their workplaces want to have the best workplace they can. They want to be involved. They want to feel that they're contributing. They want to feel that what they're doing matters. So I kind of politely didn't pay any attention to that. 
And I kind of went in and I asked people, so first of all, do you want to collaborate? And the answer was yes, because actually they were doing important work and some of them had felt that they were drifting away and they were becoming very bureaucratic and they were also working very hard on specific projects that didn't allow them to collaborate across teams. The next step was, okay, you guys, what is making it difficult for you to, to do it? And actually, they had a, a huge list. And I took that list back to the directors of the service, and I said, so these are the challenges that we need to solve. Just like most businesses that I go to, the senior team, once they got this information, started to go, okay, well, here's how we need to fix it. We need to do this, this, and this. And I said to them, actually, that's not what I'm looking for you to do. What I'm looking for you to do instead is establish some guidelines that, that the team can work within to solve it for themselves. Right. So kind of shifting mindsets at the very top to start to help them see that by developing leadership in their teams, they will start to create not only collaboration, but a more efficient and effective workplace too. Well, speaking of your style of coaching and consulting, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit more about a program you run called Building Team Collaboration Consulting. So the idea behind it really is our first step is we meet with a client, we talk to a client, we see if we can find out what the issues are. If they decide that they really want to work with us, it's great that we had that call with whoever it was and it's normally the senior people who have contacted us and we're kind of talking with them. It's great that we have their perspective, but what we want is a is an entire perspective. So our next step is to have one-to-one calls with either everybody on the senior team or it may be a sampling of the business or whatever it may be. But the point of those calls is to give us a really good overall perspective on what is happening within that team or within that business. Our next step from there means that we can now design a series of sessions or a program is a fine word for it. that addresses specifically those concerns that have been raised in the one-to-one, knowing that uh, the overall arching goal of, of, you know, of the work is to achieve collaboration in this case. Hmm. So after we've designed this program, uh, our next step would be that we would start to kind of think about, uh, it begins really with some work on the mindset and the behaviors of leadership. And what we're really trying to do here is kind of shift people's mindsets towards thinking of themselves as leaders, but also demonstrating that leadership in their behaviors. It's um, Well, it's what you were talking about before, right? Getting people to feel involved. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's absolutely about, leadership isn't a state of, I mean, like, it's a state of mind, but it's more importantly a way of being. So these behaviors become really important in terms of how can you model leadership and how can you model involvement? One of the key things about modeling involvement, if you're a senior team, is giving people responsibility and holding them accountable. So that's kind of our next step, which is looking at what are the challenges that are happening within this team or within this business that is an obstacle to collaboration, and then uh, identifying who are the people that need to be involved in the projects that will allow um, those challenges to be solved, but also start to embed collaboration within that team. Great stuff. Okay, so for more information on the Building Team Collaboration Consulting Program, you can visit our website at AmericanOutback.net. Let's finish things off here with a question from the audience. Jamie from New York City writes in, My organization collaborates well for the most part, but there's one senior member of the team who just isn't on the same wavelength as the rest of us. 
He consistently will want to have the final say on things that are supposed to be a group effort, and seems to get annoyed when decisions get slowed down by the collaboration process. Do you have any tips for what to do when there's one person who doesn't want to be a team player? Joe, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, the difficult, the real challenge of Jamie's question here is that this is a senior person. So if it's not a senior person, if this is just one of your colleagues, there is this idea of a critical mass that once enough people collaborate, this person won't be able to not collaborate because it'll just be impossible. Uh, But if it's a senior person, it's a slightly harder challenge because that person could be the person who is um, okaying decisions or whatever it may be. So one of the things is to start to think about, you can't change, you know, Unfortunately for Jamie, you can't change this senior manager. You can't go up to him and say, smarten up and fix it, because he is your, you know, your boss, perhaps. It's a risky move. It's a risky move. So the next step is, what can you be doing differently? So there's two things here. One is, is that, you know, back to this idea of mindset, that there is a belief that this senior manager has that is making it difficult to collaborate with the rest of the team. So this is just a guess, but it could be two things. One of them could be that this person feels that the whole process takes way too long. So I don't really, really, really want to let people collaborate because the decision-making process gets slowed down. So maybe that's a problem. Maybe the other problem is I don't really want, um, I don't really want, um, I feel like I have to kind of step in on these decisions because people aren't making those decisions or to say that another way, I don't trust them to make the decision well. So from the perspective of the, the rest of the team, the way that we can do this uh, is start to affect the way that this person thinks about how how collaboration is working. One thing I can do is I can work to reassure this person that the decisions that we're making are worth spending more time over because we get better quality decisions. And the way that you can do that is to make sure that the decisions you do have are good That and you can show the person that we could have done it this way, but because we had more time, because we had more different um because we had more people talking to us during this process, we identified this, this, and this challenge, right. which means that we were able to solve it in this, this, and this way. So we accept that it took longer, but our quality of decision was better as a result. I think that's a great answer. Joe, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. That's all we have for this episode of Outback Team Building and Training Tips. Until next time, thank you for listening.